It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. Well, let's get it right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. He is wonderful, and He is welcome in this place tonight. I better back up and try that again. That was weak, low-key, and very pathetic. I said he is worthy. He is wonderful. And he is welcome in this place tonight. Amen. Oh, God is so good. God is so good all the time. When I was with you a year ago, I shared with you a revelation God gave to me. I'll never forget what happened. I went through a time of hell on earth. Has anybody ever gone through hell? Come on now. What do you do when you're going through hell? Just don't stop. <laughs> Just don't stop. But I'll never forget as I was going through this season of difficulty, a storm, a battle, a crisis, I had a man of God call me. The man of God began to prophesy some things over my life. And after he prophesied some things over my life, the word of the Lord, he gave me a verse of Scripture. And that verse has changed my life. I'll never forget on that Wednesday morning, call me. Some may remember the story. If you've got the message Bible computer, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The message Bible. You had that version back there? Okay. But the man of God said, listen, I've got a verse of Scripture for you. I said, what verse is that? He said, thank God for the King James Version. Thank God for the new King James Version. Thank God for the NIV, the RSV, the Living Bible, the Amplified, et cetera, et cetera. He said, but don't go there. He said, this verse is to only be read from and received from the Message Bible. I said, okay. I said, what is it? He sent us Amos chapter 9, verse 13 from the Message Bible. That was on a Wednesday. The very next day, I get a phone call from another man of God, a pastor in West Palm Beach, Florida. He said, Danny, I was praying for you just a moment ago, and the Lord told me to call you and to give you a verse of Scripture. I said, what verse? He said, it's Amos chapter 9, verse 13 from the Message Bible. The next day, Friday morning, I get a phone call from another man of God in North Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama. He said, Danny, I was praying a moment ago, and the Lord told me to call you and to give you a verse of Scripture. I said, what verse? He said, Amos chapter 9, verse 13 from the Message Bible. And some would say, what in the world does Amos chapter 9, verse 13 for the Message Bible have to say? I gave it to you a year ago, but I want to give it to you again. This is for you. And if you don't have the Message Bible, don't turn there. It doesn't read the same. Only from the message Bible. This is the word for you at this moment. This is not the message, the sermon, but this is an appetizer. And I love good appetizers, kind of like good oysters, Brother George. Amen. 
But this is something to get a hold of. I'm talking about this has been my favorite scripture now for the past three years. I've got it on my computer screen. I've got it on my refrigerator. I've got it everywhere. Here it is, Amos chapter 9, verse 13. This is for you. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. This is God's decree to you. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, there's going to be blessings. There's going to be blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. If you're ready for it, shout, I'm ready. And church, I speak the Amos chapter 9, verse 13 for the Message Bible. I speak that breakthrough blessing over your life. And church, I believe that you're going to start seeing blessing after blessing after blessing. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills coming your way. Come on, shout Amen. You say, you mean you've had blessing after blessing? Yes, I've had Amos 9.13 breakthrough blessings come on my life for the past three years. Can I testify? I said, can I testify? Come on now. Oh, yes. That was on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've not been out for six weeks in ministry because, as some of you know, my wife passed away unexpectedly. I was going through a time of emotional distress. I was lower than low. But after I got that word on that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, guess what? The Lord picked me up. He picked me up. Oh, guess what? I've been up ever since. Hallelujah. He cannot do anything to bring me down. Oh, but let me tell you, that was on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I went out on Sunday. I preached that Sunday morning and Sunday night. It was good. He said, how good was it? It was so good. I bought the tape myself. Amen. It was good. Well, I got back, and for several weeks I've been saying, I need to sell this house. I need to sell my house. I needed to downsize. I had a very large home. It was, quote, our dream home. We worked for, we labored for, for 30-some-odd years for that home. And I didn't need it anymore. Three stores. It was a big old place, and I didn't need all that stuff. And, and I was saying, Lord, I need to downsize. It's just me. My daughter's gone away. My son's gone. It's just me, and I just need a smaller place. I need to sell this home. But know this, on the street where I live, houses were for sale. One house had been for sale for six months. Another house for sale for a year. Another house more than that. And I would say, Lord, I need to sell my house. And it says, but Lord, but Lord, I need your help. Do you need the Lord's help? Come on, talk to me, somebody. He said, well, son, put it up for sale. It's going to sell. I felt that faith arise. I said, well, Lord, I need to go get a good real estate agent. I said, but who? I said, Lord, I'm a home church. There's a whole bunch of agents. If I pick this one and not that one, they'll get mad and not that one. Do we get a witness? He said, son, I'll sell it for you. I said, my Lord, he said, I'm a good salesman. How I many the Lord knows how to work it out? 
Oh, come on, shout. He's a good salesman. He's God. And I said, B -b 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 Lord, I said, Lord, what's going to happen? He said, the Amos 913 blessing is upon you. And church, I speak the Amos 913 breakthrough blessing over you. Well, that was on a Monday. I said, what to do? He said, put it up for sale, for sale by owner. I said, okay, Lord. And so the next morning, Tuesday morning, I went to the hardware store and I got a for sale by owner sign. I came home and wrote my phone number on the sign. I went outside and put the sign in the front yard. I said, I'm going to fix myself a cup of coffee. I then go inside and fix myself a cup of coffee. The coffee just finishes up, and I begin to pour myself a cup of coffee, and all of a sudden, my Lord, all of a sudden, the telephone began to ring. I said, hello? They said, yes, we're calling about the house for sale. I said, yes, how can I help you? It's for sale by owner. I said, yes, it is. Well, do you know who the owner is? I said, I'm the owner. They said, I want to inquire about the house. I said, where are you right now? They said, we're looking at the house right now. And so I put my coffee cup down. I went to the front door, opened the door, and I said, hello. He said, hello. He said, do you think I can come back sometime and look at the house? I said, why wait? Why don't you come on in and have a cup of coffee? Hallelujah. Well, to make a long story short, whatever, he came in. I showed him to the house. I showed him all his rooms. I showed him everything. He was saying, I like this. I love this. This is good. I like the way this is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? We went back downstairs to the kitchen. I poured him a cup of coffee. He made an offer, accepted the offer, and literally the house was sold before the coffee was cold. Oh, yeah. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about things are going to happen so fast for you that your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up with it all. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. Come on, shout amen. Woo! I am ready to preach. Amen. Oh, I tell you, what, you look good tonight. I tell you what you do. Why don't you turn to somebody and say, you know, you look like you've lost some weight. Come on, tell them. Tell them, say, you know, you look like you lost some weight. Yeah. Hallelujah. Call those things that be not. <laughs> oh, God is good. God is good. Would you stand, please, for the reading of the word of our great God? From the King James Version, hallelujah, from the King James Version. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, beginning with verse number 10. When you find your place, shout, I'm there. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. 
and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. I want to minister for just a few moments along these lines. But God will make a way. I said, but God will make a way. Come on, say that, please. But God will make a way. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, your holy seed. And Father, I believe that tonight your word shall go forth. It shall fall upon good ground, and it will bring forth much fruit. We thank you now. We bless you. And all of God's people said together, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I said, but God will make a way. I'm talking about your God, my God, our God, but God will make a way. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what the situations around you may look like, sound like, or feel like. I've come to tell you that our God will make a way for you. And he made a way for the children of Israel through the midst of the Red Sea. And God then drowned the entire Egyptian army in the deep waters of the Red Sea. Well, years ago, the late Reverend R. W. Shambach, he was preaching on the crossing of the Red Sea and how God drowned the entire Egyptian army in the deep waters of the Red Sea. And then Brother Shambach began to rejoice. And one young man came up to him, and this young man had just graduated from a very liberal Bible seminary. He said, Brother Shamba, why are you rejoicing? Don't you know in reality, it was not the deep waters of the Red Sea, but I found out in reality, it was not the Red Sea, but it was the Reed Sea. And Brother Shamba, the waters of the Red Sea are only ankle deep high. Well, about that time, Brother Shambach began to rejoice again. And the young man said, what are you rejoicing about this time? He said, because, young man, that is a greater miracle. He said, what do you mean? He said, because my God drowned the entire Egyptian army in ankle-deep water. Amen. 
So church, mark it down, but God will make a way. He's done it before, and he will do it again and again. But I want you to notice the story here in Exodus chapter 14. The children of Israel, they come out of bondage. They come out of captivity. They were free. How many of you are free? Come on, talk to me, somebody. I mean, they have been set free by the blood of the Lamb and by the mighty hand of God. And they were on their way. And know this, you are on your way. God has something better for you. They're on the way to the promised land, the land of destiny. But you, know, but you know, Pharaoh said, what have I done? What have I done? I have set them free. Guess what? He did not set them free, but God set them free. And Pharaoh said, I'm going to go get them and bring them back into captivity. And hell is saying the same thing. You have been set free. You've been brought out of bondage. You've been brought out of captivity. But hell is saying, I'm going to bring you back into sorrow and grief and pain and lack and misery and heartache. But my friend, no God set you free. And you're on your way to the promised land. You're on your way to your land of destiny. I said you are on your way. The best is yet to come. I said the best is yet to come. But on their way there, they came up before the great Red Sea. I want you to see it right now. Notice the scene. Here they were before them was the great Red Sea. And on this side of them were mighty mountains they could not cross over. On this side were more mountains they could not cross over. And behind them was Pharaoh's army fastly approaching. Have you ever been there before? Look at it. The Red Sea, mountains here and mountains there, and behind them, Pharaoh's army. You say, what do you mean? Have you been there before? I'm talking about problems and heartaches and troubles and trials all around you, adversity, crisis, dilemmas and frustrations all around you. And here they were before the Red Sea, and they could not cross over. It was impossible. And when they came before the Red Sea, they were saying, what's happening? They were saying we have been trapped but know this it was a trap but God was setting a trap for the enemy amen they were saying we've come out of Egyptian bondage and now look where we are this is a setback but what they did not know was this it was not a setback it was going to be a setup amen and so the people of God, they cried out to Moses. They said, Moses, what have you done? You brought us here. You let us out here. We're going to die. You know, my friends, you need to zip it. You're not going to die. You're going to have life and life more abundantly. Come on, shout amen. Oh, Moses, what are we going to do? Well, about that time, Moses then turned to the Lord, and he began to cry. He said, oh, God, have you done that before? Come on now. He cried, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, then Moses spoke three things. Moses spoke three things to the children of Israel, and then the Lord spoke one thing. What was said? I want you to know, first of all, the first thing that Moses said, the first thing that Moses said to the children of Israel was this. He said, to fear ye not. 
Say that, please. Fear ye not. Come on, say it again. Fear ye not. And the same word is for you, to fear not. Fear not. Come on, shout that. Fear not. You see, they were frozen with fear. Fear comes against you to terrorize you. Fear comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What is fear? Fear is a dirty, full of a word. What is fear? Fear is the dark room where negatives are developed. But the Bible tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When fear comes near, just shake it off. Fear not. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, fear not. Tell them again, fear not. One writer said the phrase fear not is found the total of 365 times in the Bible. I like that. Another writer said the phrase fear not is found the total of 366 times in the Bible. I like that better. That includes leap year. Come on now. What is fear? It's time to shake it off. How many of you would say, I've gone before situations before in the natural that I could not get through. I cannot cross over. Have you been there before? I'm talking about your sin. I need God to make a way. But fear will come against you. Fear tries to bring you down, down, down. Fear comes against you, sin. You're going to lose your home and lose your marriage. Your mother had sugar diabetes, and you were too. Your father had cancer, and you were too. How many of the devil is still a liar? Oh, but the Bible tells us to fear not. What does the Bible tell us concerning to be not afraid? In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, we find these words. For thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but the battle is God's. Psalm 23, verse 4 declares, Yea, thou wilt of the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Psalm 27, verse 1 declares, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Let me just give you one more, okay? I love this one. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. For I will help thee, yea. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What was the first thing Moses told them? He said, Fear not. But what was the second thing Moses told them? The second thing Moses said was this. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Amplified Bible puts it like this. To stand still, to stand firm, confident, and undismayed. 
I told you this morning what the phrase stand still means in the original Hebrew. It means this. It literally means to relax, to take your hands off, to calm down, to chill out. Don't sweat it. Don't panic. Oh, yeah. God is saying just stand still. Oh, beloved in heaven, not all to stand, stand still. Stand firm knowing that he is God. Everything is in control because of him. Come on, shout amen. Just stand still. I mean, don't get worked up. Calm down. Relax. Chill out. Oh, don't panic. Why? Because everything is going to be all right. Come Come on now. Oh, Walt Mills sang a song years ago. I got a feeling. Remember that song? I got a feeling. I don't sing like that because I don't go by feelings. But I sing like this. I got a promise. Everything's going to be all right. Come on, shout amen. Oh, yeah, just stand still. Come on, tell you never say, he's talking to you tonight. Now, what did Moses tell them? First of all, he said what? Fear not. Number two, he said what? Stand still. And the third thing he said was this. He said, the Lord shall fight for you, so hold your peace. Come on now. He said, hold your peace. Now, what was Moses saying? Moses was literally saying this. He said, there's a time to speak up, and there's a time to... Shut up. Come on now. He said there's a time to speak up and there's a time to shut up. He said, hold your peace, honey. You need to close the doubt spell. You need to get a grip on your lip. Come on now. Too many of God's people, they are hung by the tongue. Too many of God's people need to get redeemed from the curse of the jaw. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Bible tells us that you're snared by your words. Come on. Moses was saying, quit talking that garbage and junk and yuck and he said God didn't bring you this far to leave you. He didn't bring you this far to fail you. He said you're not going down. You're going over. Moses said you're not going to have a breakdown. You're going to have a breakthrough. Pharaoh has scheduled your burial, but God has scheduled your resurrection. So hold your peace. In other words, shut up. Come on, tell somebody. Say He's talking to you right now. Oh, yeah. It's it's time to zip it. Come on now. I refuse to talk garbage and junk and yuck and trash and filth and slam. I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going to boldly proclaim, but thus saith the word of my God. If God said it, that's enough for me. If God said it, I'm going to say it as well. What are you saying? I'm saying no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I'm saying that God will supply all of my needs. I'm saying, oh, come on now. I've got life and life more abundantly. Come on, raise your hands up high and say, I believe it. I'm going to speak it. It's a done deal. Come on, shout amen. Oh, yeah. Now, what did Moses say? Moses said, number one, fear not. Number two, stand still. Number three, shut up. And then when Moses said that to them, Moses then turned to the Lord. He said, oh, God, what do I do? And what did the Lord say to Moses? 
Fear not. Stand still and shut up. No. He said, Lord, what do we do? What do we do? He said, tell them to what? Go forward. He said, do what? He said, tell them to go forward. But Lord, he said, tell them to go forward. But Lord, evidently, you don't see the sea. He said, tell them to go forward. And you know, God is saying the same thing in this hour. Some of you say, but you don't know what I'm facing. I need God to make a way. Things look rough and tough, but what is God saying? God is saying it's time to get up and go forward. You can't go back, stay back, lay back, draw back, pull back, but God is saying you've got to get up and go forward. Come on, shout those two words. Go forward for but you know you don't know what's behind me honey oh my there's nothing about that you need or want honey god's got something better for you and god is saying go for tell them moses to go forward but you moses I want you to pick up your rod and I want you to stretch it out of the sea and divide it do what? He said, I want you to stretch a right out of the sea and divide the water. Oh, he said, that's a little bit ridiculous, don't you think so, Lord? And you know, sometimes God would tell us to do some seemingly ridiculous things, but know this, if you're willing to do the seemingly ridiculous, he's ready to do the supernatural. Come on, shout yes. And some Moses in obedience to God, he picked up that rod. He picked up that rod and he stretched it out over the Red Sea. Read it for yourself the rest of the chapter and something began to happen. And something began to happen. He said, what was it? And the wind began to blow. And the wind began to blow. And church, you better get ready around the place because I can hear the sound of the wind beginning to blow around Island Church. Amen. And the wind begin to blow. And the wind begin to blow. And the wind begin to blow. And it blew and blew and blew. And it blew all night. And it caused the waters of the Red Sea to part. It dried up the ground there of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel, they walked over on dry ground. Come on, shout amen. Oh, I want to know that God made a way. I want you to know that God made a way. And if you've done it before, he'll do it for you. But you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my boss has said. You know what NBC, ABC, and CBS says, honey? It doesn't matter what matters. It's what G-O-D has to say. Come on now. And God said, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make a way. Everything is going to be all right any part of the waters of the Red Sea and they'll walk to it. Come on, shout amen. amen. Know this and when God does it he does it right. Hallelujah. I said when God does it, God does it right. Now when God part of the waters of the Red Sea you've seen the movie perhaps the Ten Commandments the parting of the Red Sea, how big of an opening was that? How big was it? Someone said maybe 50 yards. Is that safe to say? 
What about maybe 100 yards? Is that safe to say? No. One mathematician did the numbers to this study, and he found out this. In order for three million Israelites to walk through the midst of the Red Sea, in the space of one night, the opening in the Red Sea would have to be at least six miles wide. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. I said, when God does it, I said, when God does it, God does it right. It was not only a crack in the waters. It was not a small opening. But the Bible tells us when he did that, all the all the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Hittites and the and the gigabytes, amen. <clears throat> I mean, they, oh yeah. I mean, they looked up and they said, surely God is in your midst, amen. Oh, why don't you raise your hands up high and praise him for just a moment. Hallelujah. <clears throat> How many of you would say, I need my God to make a way? <clears throat> I said, I need my God to make a way. Well, in November of 1999, my daughter was getting ready for graduation the following spring. In November 1999, she prayed about where to go to college, what university to go to. I tried to get her to go to that blessed, anointed, mighty university, Alabama, Rotad. Well, she didn't do it. And so she made plans and preparation to go to Virginia Tech. She prayed about that, and she filled out the application for Virginia Tech. Now, this is in November 1999, and there was a course there. There was a course at Virginia Tech back in those days, and it was a very, very regimented course. You had to have a very high, high GPA to get in there, okay? I mean, your grade point average had to be so very, very high. And, you know, she graduated Manda Cum Laude. Her daddy graduated Laude How Come. But anyhow, she was going to go to Virginia Tech, plus she wanted to be part of this one course. And this one course, they only accepted 50 students a year. It was very strict, very regimented, very disciplined. And so she filled out the application for Virginia Tech, and she filled out the education. Oh, oh I could keep on going. I got some good stuff here. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. But anyhow, my kids, they were, you know, they were part of, you know, you know, I better stop while I can. Well, I'll keep on going. My son-in-law, are you ready for this one? Are you ready? My son-in-law, he is a registered, you know, in a clinical psychologist. He got his doctorate from Penn State. Some of you know my story. I went to I went to the penitentiary twice. I told my daughter, I said, sweetheart, I said, Ryan graduated from Penn State. Your daddy graduated from the state pen. I could keep on going a better night. But into him. But she filled out the application for Virginia Tech, and she filled out the, that was B.C., come on now, who way back then. That was before it became a child of God. 
But she filled out the application for Virginia Tech, and she filled out the application for that course. That was in November 99. And she was so happy. She was going to send it off, and so she stops by the guidance counselor's office this one morning. And she said, I'm going to send out my application for Virginia Tech and for this course. And she told my daughter, she says, Stephanie, she said, why don't you just give them to me because I'm going to the post office later on today, and I'll be glad to mail them for you. Would you? Yes. And so she gives it to the guidance counselor. That was November. November, December, January, February, March rolls around, and she not heard back at all from the university. All of her friends were hearing back, but she not heard back at all. And the very last day for applications to be received, bar none, was the last day of March, March the 31st. And that was on a Friday, as you recall, in the year of 2000. And so my daughter and I heard back at all from the school. And here it was on March the 31st, that Friday. She not heard back. She was getting somewhat concerned. And she stops by the guidance counselor's office that morning. And she said, I've not heard back at all from the university. And she said to my daughter, well, Stephanie, darling, when did you send the applications off? When did I, I gave them to you five months ago, and you were going to mail them for me one day. Well, Stephanie, if you say so, but I, I remember that, but if you say so, well, later on in the afternoon, school's coming to a close, and so my daughter gets a call to come to the guidance counselor's office. So she goes to the guidance counselor's office, and she says, Stephanie, you said that, and I got to look around my office, and evidently, I put your applications on a shelf there, and something got set on top of it, and never got sent off. Well, but today is the last day. They have to be in-house there today. No exceptions. I'll call them Monday morning. It won't work today. It says no exception, none whatsoever, none. But Stephanie, I'm sorry, honey. I'll call. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm sorry. Well, about that time, my daughter had a fit of carnality. Come on now. Have you ever had a fit of carnality as a child of God? Come on now. Yeah. Come on. Talk to me, somebody. And she just wrapped up, you know, those applications. I'll take care of it. And she I mean, just walked, whoa. And so she leaves, you know. My daughter's not like that by me, but she was hurt and broken and crushed and devastated and really ticked off too. Oh, yeah. And so here I was. I was at home upstairs in my office. I was upstairs in my office in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, kumbaya, hallelujah, hallelujah. And all of a sudden, her, her tires come in the screeching on the driveway. I heard a car door slam, heard the front door open, and the front door slam. Heard feet running up, you know, the steps. Heard a bedroom door slam. I said, Stephanie's home. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I heard, everybody shot teenagers. Yeah, and I heard coming from her bedroom crying and squealing, ah! weeping and wailing and gnashing. Ah! Oh, and I just said, My God, what's going on? And I heard her crying so loud and so. I said, I better go check this out. And so. I leave, Martha, leave the sweet presence of the Lord. And I walk on down the hallway to her bedroom. I knock on the door. And what do I hear? Does anybody know? 
leave me alone. Oh, and then like the second time, went here again, leave me alone. At that moment, I made a bold decision. I decided to go where angels would not tread. <laughs> I never barged into privacy like that, but she was crying. I knew something was wrong. And so I opened the door and I stepped and said, Daddy, just leave me alone. Just get out, leave me alone. And I said, Honey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? She said, Daddy, it didn't work out. Daddy, it's sober, it's sober, so oh, Daddy. And I said, Honey, what's wrong? What's going on? Oh, Daddy, oh, Daddy. And she told me the story. In about 60 seconds, I said, Honey, I said, Didn't we pray about this? Yes, but Daddy, blah, 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 blah. I said, Didn't you believe this was God's will for your life? I did, blah, 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 Daddy. And I said, Honey, hold on. What? And I just threw my arms around my baby girl. And I said, Lord, I said, I know right now that hell is trying to stop this. I know that hell is trying to walk in right now. But Lord, I'm asking, and this is how I prayed. The words I prayed, I said, Lord, I'm asking you to show up and to show out for my baby girl. And I said, honey, I don't know how, but everything's going to be all right. And by this time, it was probably about 345. The offices at Virginia closed at what time? Four o'clock. Oh, how many of God can cut it short sometimes? You say, God is late. Honey, he's never late time. He may not show up when you want to, but guess what? He's always on time. He is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sikinu, and he's Jehovah Nicotine. He'll come in the nick of time. Come on, shout amen. Oh, yeah. How many of you need God to make a way? Come on now. Come on, your home, your family, your marriage, your job, your business, your ministry. Everything is saying, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Come on. How many of you need God Almighty to make a way for you? Oh, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, fear not. Stand still. What else? Shut up and go forward. And I said, Lord, this is how I prayed. I'm asking you to show up and to show out. And I said, honey, I don't know how, but God's going to work it out. And I just left her there, went back down to my office. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, somehow, some way. Thank you, Lord. And then I sat down. And as soon as I sat down at my desk, all of a sudden the telephone began to ring. How many of God has got your number? Oh, yeah. I said, God has got your number. Tell somebody, say, God has got your number. Hallelujah. And the telephone rang us and said, hello. It was a friend of mine, Pastor Ron Sowell. And uh, he, I said, hello. He said, hey, Brother Dan, this is Rob. I said, hey, Rob, what's going on? And know this, his church is just about a mile from the Virginia Tech campus. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Just think about that. Oh, I mean, any pa- I know pastors around the world. Just think about that. And Pastor Rob called me. Yeah. And I said, what's going on, Brother Rob? He said, no, you tell me. He said, what do you mean? He said, because I was down praying a moment ago, and you came before me, and the Lord told me to call you because he said that you and him to show up and to show out. Oh, wow. I came unglued, honey. Oh, yeah. 
I had a Pentecostal conniption. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. My Lord. And I knew that God was up to something good. And let me tell you something for you, church. God is up to something good. Come on now. I said God is up to something good. He says, King Close, honey, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, God knows how to work it out. He's still God. He's still God. The throne of heaven is still occupied. He's still God. He's still God. He's still God. He said, what's going on? And I told him the story in about 60 seconds. I said, Brother Rama, I wish I knew you somebody to call. He said, why don't you call Dr. Jones? I said, Dr. Jones, that's one of the men of his church. I said, why Dr. Jones? No, over the years I've been there before to his church a number of times. And I said, hello, Dr. Jones. Hello, Dr. Jones. And I didn't know what kind of doctor he was. A cardiologist, a podiatrist, I didn't know. I just knew him as Dr. Jones. Well, guess what? He was a professor there at Virginia Tech. I didn't know that. He said, you need to call Dr. Jones because he's been on staff there. He's been on the faculty longer than anybody. He's got more clown than the college president or the football coach. Oh, yeah. He said, you need to call Dr. Jones. I said, I believe I do. He said, I've never given out this number, but this is his personal private office number, but I believe this time it's okay. I said, give it to me. Give it to me now. I, he gave me the number. I called that number. And as I called the number and the number was ringing, Dr. Jones was walking out of the office for the weekend. Had the hand that was shutting the door, the phone was ringing, the phone was ringing, the phone was ringing. How many know God is right on time? Oh, yeah. And by this time, it was probably about 3.55. Yeah. He went back and answered the phone. He said, hello. I said, hey, Doc, this is Danny Johnson. Hey, Brother Danny, what is going on? I told him the story. He said, let me call you back. He said, let me call you back in a few minutes. He then called the administration office. He told them, there's one more. There's one more. There's one more. There's one more. And God is saying the same thing. There's one more. There's one more. There's one more. There's one more. You may think it's over. You may think there's no way. But I can hear God saying, I'm going to make a way. There's one more. 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 You're going to get that job. You're going to get that opportunity. You're going to get that raise. You're going to get that bonus. Come on. You're going to get it. God is saying there's one more. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to make a way. God is saying it's not over. I'm God. It's not over. I'm God. It's not over. I'm God. Oh, come on, shout. I'm the one. Hallelujah. Excuse me while I have a jubilee. Hallelujah. Woo. He called.
called the administration office. He told them. He said, there's one more. What do you mean? There's one application that's not here yet. By mistake, it'll get mailed off. But it'll be here Monday if I got to go get it myself. Dr. Jones, you know. You know what we've stated here. I know that's what you said, but there's one more. And my friend, the world, the flesh, and the devil may say one thing, but God has the final word. Come on, shout amen. They said, but Dr. Jones, it's against the rules and the regulations of this college. It's against the policies and procedures. It's against the law of the Medes and the Persians. Come on now. Yeah. They said, you know what it states, that all applications had to be here in-house. By today, the last day, March the 31st, we can't do it. He said, don't hand me that nonsense. He said, it'll be here Monday. They said, okay, then Dr. Jones would do it for you this one time. But don't you ever, don't you ever, ever, ever let anybody know that we did it. So take that off the tape. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> He then turned around and called the head of that department that my daughter wanted to get into. And he said, there's one more, there's one more. She said, Dr. Jones, I've already sent out letters of acceptance to 49 students. Oh, how many they accept every time? 50. She said, I've already sent out 49 letters of acceptance, and I've got a slew of applications on my desk. Now I was determined before I left today, I was going to send out the last one, but I'll wait till Monday. Oh, come on, shut. I feel a running spell coming on. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Does anybody know what happened? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she got accepted into Virginia Tech. She became number 50. Hallelujah. There's a five-year course plus two years for a master's, seven years. But she finished the seven years in five years, and she became the first ever student professor at Virginia Tech. And last year, she was a runner-up for the teacher of the year in the state of Virginia. Come on, shout amen. What are you saying? I'm saying when God does it. I said when God does it. When God does it, he does it right. Come on, shout amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's going to turn it for you. He'll do it for you. And you come on, raise up both hands and rejoice. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, shout yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Oh, what are you saying? I'm saying, but God. Come on, say that, please. But God. Say it again. But God. But God will make a way. I said, but God will make a way. Brother Frank, would you come? Would you come? Hallelujah. I said, but God will make a way. Raise your hands and begin to praise him, church. I said, begin to praise him, begin to praise him, begin to praise him. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Hallelujah. What does God have to say? What does God have to say? I prayed that Friday afternoon. God, I'm asking you to show up and to show out. 
How many of you need God to show up and to show out for you? Your home, your family, your marriage. Come on now. Your home, your family, your marriage. Come on, shout yes. Just a few weeks ago, in fact, it was on a Monday. My son and moved back home for a season here with me in my house. And he had a part-time job here, had a part-time job there. But he's believing in God for a good full-time job. And so I got up early that morning in Boston. Hope Brother Roland about this. I got up early that morning and I began to diligently pray and thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Did you hear that? Thank God. Why don't you thank him in advance? Come on, church. I said thank him in advance. I said thank him in advance. I said, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Why? When praise goes up, what happens? Something comes down. I said, Lord, I just want to thank you. I've been asking you, Lord. But, Lord, I just want to thank you that you're going to bless my son with a great job, a good job. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I began to praise him. And I was flying home that day from Boston, Massachusetts, home to Virginia. I was going from Boston to Charlotte, Charlotte on to Roanoke, Virginia. And so here it was. And I fly all the time, and I never book first class tickets, but I'm bumped up all the time because I fly so much that they bless me. And so that morning I got bumped up. I got bumped up the first class from Boston to Charlotte. I'm sitting there at the airport there, and, and I've been thanking God, Lord, I thank you. You're going to give my son a good job, a right job, a right on right now job. And I sat down next to this one girl, and she just came back from Afghanistan. She'd been deployed for some time, and I began to talk to her. I said, where are you going? She said, well, I'm going from here to Charlotte, from Charlotte on down home to Huntsville, Alabama. We began talking. As we were talking, I looked over and I saw her boarding pass. She was sitting in 19B. No, where's that? That's back in the cattle car. What's the big seat? That's the center seat. Oh, God. And the Lord said, I want you to give her your seat. Oh, Lord. Have mercy, Jesus. Lord. I said, but Lord, I said, U.S. Air, they serve those good cookies. They got better cookies than Delta. Come on now. Up in first class, coach doesn't get those cookies. I love those Walker shortbread cookies they serve on USA Air. He said, I want you to give her your seat. And so I walk over to the agent. I said, listen, there's a young girl there, one of our soldiers. She's a 19B. And I told her, her name because I saw the name on her boarding pass. I said, I want you to call her up here and just switch seats. I want her to just do it anonymously, you know, and just do that. And so... A moment later, the agent called her up there and said, listen, we just want to move you up. We just want to bless you. And so the little girl was so excited. Oh, they just bumped me up. Wonderful, glorious, yeah, good. And so, of course, she boards first before I do. And so I'll go back to my seat where 19B in the center. Oh, God, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. But I began to talk to the girl next to me. I said, where are you going? She said, well, I'm going from here to Charlotte, Charlotte, and to Roanoke. That's where I'm flying to. Roanoke, she said, yes, I live in Blacksburg, about 20 miles away. I said, what are you doing in Blacksburg? She said, I'm the general manager for Best Buy. I started there. I said, yes. I said, um, do you ever need any help there? She said, are you looking for a job? I said, no, but my son is. 
she said, from time to time I do, she said, here's my card. If I can ever help you, because I told her what I did. If I can ever help you. She said, here's my card, just call me. Well, the other day, my son was, he said, Daddy, I was talking. He, I said, what's going on? He said, well, I just found a job here, and I'm going to put my application over the job. I said, what kind of job is it, buddy? He said, it's to be the assistant for the general manager at Best Buy. I said, hold on, buddy. Hold on. Hold on. He said, what? I told him the story. I went to my desk, opened up a drawer, pulled out that card she gave me. I called her. I heard it was Alicia. I said, Alicia, this is Danny Johnson. I said, we were on the flight. Came up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, my son just found a John posting there online. And he's going to find. She said, what's his name? I said, his name is Scott, Scott Johnston. And she said, well, heaven fill out the application. And I'll kind of flag him when it comes through. Well, I said, buddy, fill it out now. He filled it out. And about 20 minutes later, he gets a phone call. Come on, shout. Amen. Oh, yeah. And they said, can you come in next week for an interview? I believe with all my heart, it's a done deal. Come on, shout. Yeah. What are you saying? I said, but God. Everybody shout, but God. But what do you do? You praise him. What do you do, Brother Roden? Praise him. What do you do? Come on, tell me. Praise him. You praise him. After, after, after God made a way through the midst of the Red Sea, the children of Israel crossed over, and God drowned the entire Egyptian army. What did the people of God begin to do? Exodus chapter 15, verse 20. says, they begin to what? Dance and celebrate. Is that right? Read it for yourself. In Exodus 15, they begin to dance and celebrate. They begin to dance and celebrate. Well, guess what? I'm asking you the question. What side of the Red Sea are you dancing on? I said, what side of the Red Sea are you dancing on? You see, they could have danced before they ever crossed over. Why? Because they had the word of the Lord. God said, the Egyptians, you see today, you will see them no more forever. Come on, show you. And honey, if they believed God's word, they could have shouted, they could have danced before they ever crossed over. I'm asking you what side of the Red Sea. Are you dancing on, honey? Why don't you praise him now? Like you, Everybody stand up right now. Come on. Oh, yeah. Why don't you praise him now like you're going to praise him then? Why don't you rejoice now like you're going to rejoice then? Why don't you get happy now like you're going to get happy then? Come on now. Oh, yeah. Because God said it. God said, I'm going to show up and show out. God said, you're the one. Hallelujah. God said, I'm going to make a way. God said, your building is coming. Hallelujah. Your building is coming. Oh, so praise him now like you're going to praise him then. Rejoice now like you're going to rejoice then. Celebrate now like you're going to celebrate then. Oh, We're going to pray for you. What do you need tonight? In what area do you need? A job? Begin to praise him now. A better job? Praise him now. Maybe get a part-time or a full-time? Praise him now. What do you need for God to open the door for you? Like you did for my daughter to go to school? 
What about this? What about that? Everything around you is saying, there's no way that you can cross over. The Red Sea's before you. Mountains here, mountains there. Pharaoh's army behind you. But what is God saying, church? He's saying, but I will make a way. How many of you tonight in this great sanctuary would say, I need my God to make a way? Come on, shout amen. I need my God to make a way. I need my God to make a way. Well, raise up both hands right now and just thank him that it's a done deal. Lord, I praise you that it's done. I pray. Come on, be specific. Whatever it is you're believing for, whatever it is you're longing for, you need for, Lord, I praise you. You're going to give me that job, a good job, the best job ever had. I thank you, Lord. You're going to turn it around. You're going to work it out. Come on, like for me. I thank you, Lord. You're going to sell my house. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. The building is coming. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen, amen. I want to pray for you right now. If there's anybody here and you will say, I need healing in my body, raise your hands up high. I want you to come down here right now. Please come. You that need healing. You that need healing, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? And stand across the front. Someone say, he's the great physician. He's more than the great physician. He's the healer. He's the healer. He's the healer. He's the healer. Everybody shout the healer. My daughter got married in June of 2012. In August of 2012, they were in a car wreck, and my son-in-law's car was totaled out. They were rushed to the hospital. They did some scans of my daughter, and they said she was banged up, bruised up inside really bad. That was in August of 2012, last year. In January this year, there were another wreck, and her car was totaled out. They were rushed again to the hospital. They began to do the scans, everything. They said, you're banged up. You still have the scars are hurting from the wreck in August. She was so banged up inside. They said, you may never be able to have children. I was in ministry. That was on a Saturday night. I talked to him late Saturday night, talked to him Sunday. Monday morning, I rearranged my flight. I flew not home to Virginia, but I flew to where they live in Philadelphia. I laid my hands upon my daughter. That was in January. Woo! Glory to God. A few weeks later, guess what? She called me. She said, Daddy, I'm going to have a baby. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoa! And now, guess what? I am Papa. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am Papa. I am Papa. I am Papa. There's more to the story. Is that right? <laughs> I'll tell it later. No, when I tell it now, before we pray. I'm Papa, not Grandpa, not Granddad. I'm Papa. I got a friend of mine. He is a Hebrew scholar, teaches Hebrew. You know, who are you? I was talking to him, and 
I said, I, I got my first grandbaby. Oh, so your granddaddy. I said, no, I'm not granddaddy. They call him Papa. He said, Papa? I said, yes, Papa. He said, oh, you're blessed. I said, yes, I'm blessed. He said, do you know what Papa means in the original Hebrew? I said, no, what does it mean? He said, it means strong warrior and mighty man of God. I said, really? He said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, 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 a Hebrew scholar did tell me Papa means. <laughs> but my daughter was told she would have children. But God, what about you? What about you? What is it you need? But God, raise your hands up and just begin to praise him. Raise your hands up and just begin to praise him. I believe with all my heart, he is still God. He is still God. He is still God. Father, stretch your hands to the Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the message. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. Feel free to contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We look forward to seeing you there.